This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, we've been on a series this month on freedom in Jesus. And like I said, you know, when we get saved, we still have issues. Amen. But thank God we're in a process. How many people are in a process of getting rid of some issues in here? Or, or am I looking at all perfect saints? Amen. No, we're not perfect. Amen. But we're moving towards, look at your name and say, I'm moving towards perfection. Amen. We're moving towards perfection. Amen. In other words, when we see Jesus, the Bible says, we're going we're gonna to look just like him. Amen. And we're going we're gonna to have glorified bodies when we see Jesus. Amen. And uh, thank God for the blood. So 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 6 this has been a scripture we've been going with all month. And, and uh, you know, the battle, like I said last week and all through the, the series, is not just a battle with the devil. It's a battle with our thoughts and with how we think about things. And how you think, your, your thoughts are powerful. Amen. And how you think about things can determine where you go in life. So we want to make sure that we're thinking right. Amen. And how we think about people and how we think about God. All that fits into the abundant life. And see, I I preach every week because I want you guys to walk in what Jesus calls the abundant life. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it what? More abundantly. So I want all of you to have that abundant life. Amen. So so, so it it all starts with our thinking. Amen. And uh, so it says here in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 6, it says the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they are divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captivity every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we're ready to punish every act of disobedience once our obedience is complete. So he's saying here that the weapons that we fight with are supernatural weapons. And we know the supernatural weapon uh, that Paul is talking about is the Word of God. And the Word of God is is the most powerful thing on planet Earth. Uh, The Bible says the Word of God is more sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing soul and spirit, marrow and bone, judging the very intents of our hearts. Amen? And so the Word of God can slice off every negative thing, Do you believe that today in our lives? So today I'm going to talk to you about breaking financial bondages, breaking financial bondages. Now, now, uh, nobody wants to hear about finances in church. (laughs) A lot of people don't want to hear about that. But you know what? We deal with finances all through our life. And I really think that God doesn't want, you know, Jesus talked about in Matthew, he talked about the worries of the world. And he talked about that most people worry about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, and what they're going to wear. And he said that's the way the world thinks. And I, I really believe that, that God wants us to be in a place. Listen to what I'm saying today. That God wants us to be in a place where we're not thinking about money all the time. Where we're not governing everything that we do by how much money we have in the bank account. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? In other words, uh, you know, my Bible says... That Jesus is my shepherd, and I'm talking to anybody today, and I shall not lack. And so, and so we got to believe that, see, God can, see, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. 
I was listening to uh, one person that 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 a uh, pastor that bought a mall, and he and I I was talking to my brother and I said, man, he must have had a large congregation, and he didn't have a large congregation. God just told him to buy the mall, and, and God would provide. He didn't have the money in the bank. But see, if God gives you the vision, where God guides, He provides. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to somebody today because, because, you know, a lot of times in the kingdom of God, God can move on people's hearts, I'm talking today, to get some finances into your hands. I know ministers that have gotten free airplanes. Another minister was, was led by the Holy Spirit to give their airplane to another ministry. And, then, and all of a sudden you get a phone call, uh, Pastor, would you like an airplane? You know. I mean, I mean that that's that's those kind of calls that you want, amen. Glory to God. And so, and so, what am I talking about? You're not limited. Let me say this today. Let me say this today. You're not limited by the amount of money that's in your bank account. Mm. You're not limited by that. No, no, no. You have a Holy Ghost bank account in heaven that you can draw off of. Do I have anybody that have any faith in the room today? Do I have any faith people in today? You just got you, your your faith is your currency. I'm talking today. Your faith is your currency in the kingdom of God, and your faith can make things come to pass. Are are you hear what I'm saying to you today? And so it's your faith that can bring in the blessings of God into your life. So I'm going to say this again: You're not limited by the amount of money that comes in every month. You're unlimited if you have faith. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, get some faith. So now in Luke, we have, we have Jesus talking about this. And in Luke 16, 9 through 13, Jesus is, is, is given a parable here. And he says this, I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon. Then when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting home. This is verse 9. What is he saying here? He's saying that we need to use our money. In other words, what he's saying is when we get to heaven, there's going to be people that we've influenced because we gave money into the kingdom that's going to meet us at heaven. Glory to God. And that's going to be thanking us that we gave some money to the missionary, that we gave some money into the church. There's going to be people that's going to, that's going to uh, celebrate us because they got saved because we put a dollar into the offering plate. Amen. And so he says, I, and he says, I say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon. Then, then when you fail, they may receive you to everlasting home. This is, talk, again, this is talking about us getting into heaven. And, and, so, and so I'm going to say this, and I've said this before, but the heartbeat of God, write this down, write this down. The heartbeat of God is souls being one in the kingdom of God and people being discipled. That's the two things. That's the heartbeat of God. God wants people saved. Can, can I get a witness in the house today? And God wants people becoming more like him, discipled. Doesn't, doesn't the Great Commission says make disciples of all nations? Amen. And so, and so that's the heartbeat of God. And so when we use our money... And, and, and when you bring your money into the storehouse, the local church right here, we're, we take some of your finances and we, we put it back out. I think we, we, we give out to almost 10 
nine or ten different ministries. Can you believe that? Exceed Life Church pours back into about ten different ministries, local ministries, missions, uh, Bible schools. And so, and so that money is going all around the world. Your money is going all around the world. You're accomplishing something. And then we're building, then we're building water wells. I'm sorry, did you say 12? Okay, <laughs> we have 12 ministries that we're sowing into. And, uh, and, and what am I saying? Because God told me back in 2009, and we weren't really, really giving like we could be, the Holy Spirit told me that I, we needed to be a tithing church, that we need to give 10% out of our income back out to other ministries. And so when, when the Lord said that, I was like, wow, you know, we're tight already. But, I, but you know, I obeyed God. I said, I'm going to be a tithing church. And a lot of people don't understand what tithe is. And, and, and a tithe means uh, 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 one-tenth, one-tenth. So, so, so if you're a tither... What you do is if you're bringing in $1,000 a month, one-tenth of that, you give 10% to the Lord. So that would be $100 a month into the kingdom. If you're, if you're bringing $10,000 a week, that would be $1,000 a week into the kingdom. Amen? A million dollars a year, that would be $100,000 a year into the kingdom. Amen? So it's one-tenth. And plus offerings. And so not only at, at Exceed Life Church do we give 10% back out, but we give offerings on top of that. Why? Because, because that's where the true blessing comes in, because a tithe belongs to God. But the, but the offering is a free will offering where God can multiply. It's called seed sowing. And it's called vision sowing. And you sow your seed into the kingdom. Now let's look at this in Luke 16.10. He says, he who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for he either will hate one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And that word mammon uh, can be translated money. And, uh, and so you can't serve God and money. What, what we do is, we got to get this revelation. We serve God and money serves us. I'm going to say it again. We serve God and when God starts blessing us and the finances come in, money serves us. We don't serve money. Amen. Can I get a witness in the house? Uh, you know, I'm going to say this. God is not trying to take something away from us. He's trying to add something to us. Oh, amen. Amen. I like what it says in Luke 12, 32 and 34. It says, do not fear little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. I'm preaching today. You know, you know, it's God's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. And then, he, then Jesus says, sell what you have, give alms, provide for yourself money bags, which do not grow old, a treasure in the heaven that does not fail. Notice that. See, see a treasure in heaven that will not fail. What am I, what am I saying to you today? 
I'm saying when you get into the program of giving into the kingdom of God, it's a twofold blessing. God wants to bless you down here because he will move on people's hearts. He will give you favor. He will open doors of opportunities. But also, you're storing up a heavenly bank account in heaven. Notice that? It said, uh, it said a treasure in the heavens that does not fail. Amen. And it says, where no thief approaches nor moth destroys. In other words, when we start giving into the kingdom of God, we're building an everlasting kingdom in heaven. Amen. And, and, and that, that kingdom is more than just mansions, and that's good. But that kingdom is souls in the kingdom of God. Amen. Because souls are the precious, if I may, it's the precious fruit of the earth that God wants into the kingdom. And so every time we pour into the kingdom and we're able to sow back out and we're able to get people saved and discipled, we're, we're increasing the kingdom. And, and, and when we do that, those souls come to heaven and we have everlasting treasure. But I believe that not only that, but you can draw from your heavenly bank account. Oral Roberts was believing God for, for hundreds of thousands of dollars. He was commissioned to build, uh, to build a university. Oral Roberts did build the university, ORU, Oral Roberts University. And he needed, he needed millions of dollars. And he was praying and God said, you're tapped out of your bank, heavenly bank account. He said, What? He said, the Holy Spirit said, you're tapped out. You've, you've already believed me for enough. And what the Holy Spirit says, you've got to sow something. you got to sow. And he said, he thought about what can I sow uh, in my ministry to produce a harvest. And, he, and the one thing he had was an airplane. And he gave that airplane that was worth, you know, I don't know how much it was valued at, maybe, maybe half a million, maybe a million dollars. And he gave it away. He sowed it. And then when he sold, sold, that, sold it into another ministry, all these millions started coming back in to his ministry to help, to help provide for the vision. So, so, so what am I saying to you today? I'm saying there's a heavenly bank account. I'm preaching today that we can partake of and believe God for and God can supernaturally. I'm, can I say this again? You're not limited by the amount of money that you make on a monthly basis. You're not limited by how much money you have in your bank account. You're only limited by how you think about God and, and your faith and your prayer life. Am I preaching today? Now it says here, now what is mammon? Mammon uh, is, is the god of riches of Syria. It originated from Babylon. And, and really it comes out of Babylon You've probably heard of the Babylonian system. You know, the world is in the Babylonian system. You know, uh, you know even the U.S., you know, they, they say that, uh, that, that we're going through uh, a crisis in our finances, a recession. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you noticed that food is going up. You know, everything seems to be getting higher, you know, and they're trying to control it. The government, the the, the, the Fed is trying to control inflation and they're, they're, they're increasing interest rates. But, but it's still, they're having problems. They're having problems. And, uh, and the bottom line is, is that, that the, you can't, you know, and then, of course, we know the government tried to 
do stimulus and put money into the system. And now, now we're having a lot more problems. Amen. But, but only, only putting our money in God is the only way we're going to see the financial blessings in our lives. In other words, our money has to be put forth towards propagating the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, so don't buy into the lie that riches and wealth uh, is the key to your blessing. God is the key to your blessing. In Haggai, he says 1.6, I get money, but my pocket has holes in it. Have you ever found that you have a lot less at the end of the month than when you start it? It's called the spirit of mammon. It's called, you know, a spirit of confusion. The enemy wants to try to do everything he can to break down our stuff. If we're not in the program of giving into the kingdom of God, we will be in trouble. The, 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 the spirit of mammon will be in our money. I like to say this, when you tithe, when you start giving into the kingdom of God, it circumcises your money. What do I mean by that? It takes the worldliness off your money and it puts the blessing of God on it. Because money in itself, you can have it and, and one day and lose it the next day. There's millionaires that are here today and they are bankrupt tomorrow. I know companies that had billions of dollars uh, and they're, bank, they're going bankrupt. They had billions of dollars just a year ago. And, uh, and financial companies. And now they're going bankrupt. Amen? But you will never go bankrupt when you put your finances and your trust in God. Can I get a witness in the house today? I'm going to say this, that, that, uh, that even in the end days, you know, the Antichrist and the Mark of the Beast. You ever heard of, uh, heard of that? You know, uh, the, 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 the Mark of the Beast, you're going to have a mark on your hand or your forehead. It talks about that in Revelation. But we're not going to be here when that happens because Jesus is going to pick us up. Amen. But uh, when the Antichrist comes. But it's all going to be about buying and selling. Because it's all about merchandising. So, 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 so the, the, you know, now they're saying that you can put something on your hand and you can, you know, you can have a barcode in it and you can buy stuff with it. Amen. And so, but, but bottom line is, if you trust God, God will provide for you. Do you believe that today? Amen. I'm going to talk to you about some money lies. N- number one money lie, money will make you secure. Sometimes we think if we have money, we will be secure. And, uh, and but wealth, uh, but but wealth will not make you secure. Amen. Only God can make you secure. Uh, in Proverbs eighteen eleven says the wealth of the of the rich is their fortified city. They imagine it as a wall too high to scale. So what a lot of rich people believe is they have money, then they then they they have no problems. But that's not really the case. How much money do you need? Uh, to take care of all your problems, more than you have right now. <laughs> How much money? More than you have. You say, man, if I, my, my, my wife, we, we, we passed by the mega, you, you ever see the sign of the, of the, um, uh, the mega ball uh, lottery? That, it keeps going up. I think it's up to a billion dollars now. My wife, says, my wife said to me, is it time to buy a lottery ticket? <laughs> it's up to a billion dollars. But where is all that? Is it gone? Somebody want it? Somebody want an issue? A billion? What? Oh, four people want a billion dollars. Okay. 
One person won a billion dollars, okay? But think about this. How many, but you had over a billion people put a dollar in. <laughs> or more than that, they lost a billion. So somebody lost a billion and somebody won a billion. Amen. Yeah, you can say, well, it was only a dollar, Pastor. Amen. Every dollar counts. Put it into the offering. You have a better return. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. I, I, I'm preaching today. Amen. And uh, so, so we, we, we believe just a little bit more um, uh, is, is all we need. And, and it's a vicious cycle. We always think we just need a little bit more. Proverbs eleven twenty eight says this. Those who trust in their riches will fall, but the righteous will thrive like a green leaf. You know, you know, people that have millions of dollars, like, uh, for instance, Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple. Um, you know, if you have an Apple uh, watch or uh, iPhone or, or, or a computer, uh, Steve Jobs was a very wealthy man. Uh, but he died. He died early in life. He died of a disease. All his money could not save him. All his money. And uh, Steve Jobs, you know, they were interviewing him. And, uh, and because he was a workaholic, and he said his only regret was that he didn't spend more time with his family. That was his regret. Because I'm going to say this, when we, we, at the end of our life, when we're on our, uh, our bed and we're about ready to meet Jesus, we're not going to be thinking about all the stuff that we bought. Amen. We're not going to be thinking about it. We're going to be thinking about the, the relationships that we built, the, the people that we've influenced, the life that we lived. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So it's, it's, it's more about just turning a dollar and making money. That's part of it. We need, we need finances. But it's more than that. Relationships is the key. In Hebrews 13, 5, it says, it says Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. So we say with confidence, The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Amen. So, so God can do, turn anything around. Maybe, maybe you've, uh, you know, maybe you, you have a deficit this year. Maybe you're dealing with some situations. Uh, maybe you've lost some money in the past. Maybe you loaned some money and, pe- and people didn't pay it back to you. Forgive those people. Consider it as a gift to them and let God multiply it back to you. I'm going to say it again. Consider it as a seed sown instead of a seed lost and believe that God can multiply it back to you. Amen. Am I preaching to anybody today? So, so God can turn anything around. He can turn your money situation around. Even if you made mistakes with your money, God can turn around. Do you believe that today? Lie number two, money will make me more significant. You know, we wrap our identity in, in what we possess. We think if we have a better car or a house or cl- better clothes that we will have more respect. But, but that's not always the case. Sometimes when we have nicer things, people don't respect us more. They're more jealous and envious of us. Sometimes they're talking about us. Am I talking to anybody today? Because if you have something more than somebody else, sometimes that can make them jealous of what you got. Amen. Is that true? And so, but, but the bottom line is, if God is blessing us, use what we have to be a blessing to others. God is the one that will make us significant in this life. I'm going to say it again. God is the one. Mother Teresa was a, was a lady that was a, 
uh, a Christian lady that fed the poor in Calcutta. And she, you know, she wasn't, you know, she wasn't uh, applauded for her great wealth. It was the fact that she took care of orphans and she took care of people. Amen. And, and, she, and, and she and she and she, uh, you know, believed God for the support. And, you know, and that is the key. God is the one. Glory to God. Hallelujah. That will support the vision that he puts on us. Amen. And so we need to, as, as says Luke 12, 15, beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much we own. Glory to God. Lie number three, more money will make me happy. More money will make me happy. If this is true, then the rich people in, uh, in this world would be the happiest people in this world. But, you know, you find out that people that have wealth, you find out that people that have money, they can't even keep their marriages together. I'm preaching to somebody today because I find out some of these people, I'm talking about movie actors, I find out that they lose half their fortune in their divorce. (laughs) If I'm preaching to somebody today, they, they they, they had a lot of money and then half their fortune goes to their spouse in their divorce. Are you listening to what I'm saying today? So, so they woke up one day a millionaire, then they're half a millionaire. Are you talking? Uh, am I talking to anybody today? So, so money in itself won't make you happy. Things won't make you happy. You know, uh, Jesus. Jesus said it's it's hard for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. It, how hard it is for a rich man. And, be, and, he said, and, and, and the disciples said to Jesus, he said, they said then, you know, Peter said, you know, because they came from a business background. And Peter said, then who can be saved? <laughs> you know, because everybody wants to have the good life. Everybody wants the good life. Jesus talked about that. Jesus, Jesus, listen, being a Christian doesn't mean you have to be poor. I'm going to say again, being a Christian doesn't mean that you don't have to have things. You know, the, the poorer you are, the, the more holier you are. That, that's not really true. You know, it, that doesn't mean anything. No, no, no. Jesus said how hard it is for those that trust in riches, that put their trust in riches. It's hard for them to make it into the kingdom of God because their trust is in their finances. Amen. But Jesus said, but those who give it all up for the kingdom, he said, Jesus said, in this life, you will have houses, you will have stuff, you have brothers and sisters. In other words, God's going to add to you. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? So, so, So more money will not make us more happy. Sometimes it makes us more miserable. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Ecclesiastes uh, 5.10 says this, Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. Now, King Solomon was one of the wealthiest people on, on the planet at that time, but he got a revelation, you know, that he got a revelation that more money doesn't bring more happiness. Matter of fact, uh, King Solomon, really, at the end of his life, he, he, he died a uh, kind of a miserable person because... He, he allowed his money and his fortune 
to move him some, you know, away from the things of God, to move him from where he needed to be. Uh, and, and that's the book of Ecclesiastes. When he wrote that book, he wrote that book. He was a sad person because I'm going to say this. Uh, money won't give you the grace that you're looking for. Mm, I'm preaching today. I'm talking about grace today. And if you want the grace of God, how many people want the grace of God on your life? The grace, what I'm talking about grace, I'm talking about the peace of God. I'm talking about the joy of God. I'm talking about the love of God. I'm talking about sleeping at night. <laughs> and, 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 and more money won't bring the, a greater anointing on your life. Are you listening to what I'm saying? I need more of God. So we think we need more money at times. You really need more God. More God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And, what, and what's going to happen? All these things will be added to you. What is true happiness? What is true happiness? I like what it says in Romans 4, 7, 8. It says, blessed and happy and to be envied are those whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered up and completely buried. Blessed and happy and envied is a person whose sin the Lord will not take into account nor reckon it against him. So, so we need to get the revelation and what should make us happy every day is that our sins are washed away. <laughs> I'm preaching there to somebody. In other words, it's nice to know where you, when you die, where you're going to end up. Mm. It's nice to know that you have a heaven, you know, to gain and a hell to shun. It's nice to know that your sins are forgiven and that you're washed in the blood. That's, you, you became wealthy. Can I say something today? Can I talk to somebody today? You became the wealthiest day of your life is the day that you received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That was when you won the mega ball, billion dollar lotto. I'm preaching to somebody today. Because you can't buy your way into heaven. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody today. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Your money is not going to be able to get you into heaven. You won the mega ball the day you said, yes, Jesus, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. And you got all the blessings of heaven at your beck and call. Am I preaching to somebody today? Glory to God. I'm telling you, that's exciting news. Think about what you won. <laughs> won. <laughs> You want eternal life, amen? You actually, you win when you get Jesus in your life. You become a winner instead of a whiner, okay? You become a winner instead of a whiner. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Listen to this. This is what you received when you received Jesus. It's Psalms 103. It says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who forgives all of your iniquities. Think about that. Uh, in other words, your sins are thrown into the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west, and you can't buy right standing with God. Oh, man, I'm preaching today. In other words, you have the gift of righteousness that's imputed to you because you believe. Somebody say, I believe. I believe. Amen. And he says, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals 
all your diseases. You can't buy good health. You can say, well, I can buy it in vitamins, Pastor. <laughs> and uh, no, no, yeah, vitamins are good. Eating right is good, but you better, better pray over your food. You better bless your food, glory to God. You better thank God that his blessings are you. Listen to what I'm saying is covering your food because, you know, I was I was thinking I was doing pretty good uh, drinking bottled water. And I was reading this article and they said, you think you're doing good drinking bottled water? That plastic is seeping into your water. and It's not good for you. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. I thought I was doing good drinking the plastic water, you know, and, and, and the article is saying you're not doing good. And I said, oh, my gosh, that that lie just was just upended on me. Amen. Because you got the plastic that comes in and, and it says mess with your hormones. Amen. And I said, oh, man, I better change out. Amen. No, just bless it. Just bless it. Don't get fearful in, in your food. Amen. Just bless it. Amen. And uh, and just believe that God's going to take all the impurities out of it. Amen. He says here who redeems your life from destruction. Money can't divinely protect you. But God can. In other words, the Bible says that God has his angels around us, protecting us in all our ways. So I'm going to say this, that that when we get Jesus, you get you. You have an angel. That angel has been with you the whole time. And that angel made sure that you got saved. And that angel doesn't leave you when you grow up. Amen. That angel stays with you and you have divine protection. Money can't just buy divine protection. I hear about some of these people that make it big. Some of these rappers that, that came out of the hood and made it big. And then they go back, you know, to the hood and they get shot. Somebody kills them. And they had all this fame and fortune. It did not protect them. Their money, their fame did not protect them. But God can protect us. Can I get a witness in the house today? Amen. So he redeems our life from destruction. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies who satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. So so we're crowned with loving kindness and tender mercies. Amen. You know, I'm going to say this, that, that these are blessings that you cannot buy there are blessings that God bestows upon us when we walk with him. Don't get mixed up in thinking all you have to do is get your finances, or your, uh, get, get that million dollars and you'll be good. No, that's, that's not really true. They've done studies on people that won the lottery and they did studies on these people and they found out and these people won lots of money. They, they ended up worse off down the road. Because they bought all this stuff, they couldn't maintain it, and they went broke. If you buy a big mansion, you know there's a there's a there's a, there's electric bill, there's all this stuff that you got. There's there's taxes, and all this you got to still maintain it. Boats and all this you still got to maintain. You got to you got to pay for where where it's parked at, you know, and the marina, all this, all that costs money, and there's people that win it. And then end up in a worse situation because they didn't know how to handle it. Amen. And so we, we see that. In, and Jesus uh, is, is, encounters a rich man and he ministers to him about the kingdom of God. This is Zacchaeus. It's in Luke, six, it's in Luke 19, 1 through 10. And Zacchaeus was a, was, was a man that, that 
was a short guy. I could relate to him. And uh, he, he uh, was looking for Jesus. And he, the Bible says he went up in a sycamore tree to look at Jesus. And I'm not going to read the account because he wanted to get a glimpse of Jesus. Jesus had all these crowds. And Jesus noticed Zacchaeus in the tree. And he said to Zacchaeus, today I'm going to dine with you. And Zacchaeus was excited about that. And so, so Jesus dined with Zacchaeus that day and started talking to Zacchaeus about the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God means. And, and it's about relationship with God the Father. It's about building relationship, eternal relationships with people that's going to be in heaven. And he started talking to him about the glories of the kingdom. And, 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 and in the process of the conversation that Jesus had with Zacchaeus, Jesus gave his heart, uh, Zacchaeus gave his heart to Jesus. And what, what, what happened? When you give your heart to Jesus, it should affect your money. Mm. And the first thing Zacchaeus said was that uh, I'm going to give half my, my fortune to the poor. And then Zacchaeus says, if I've robbed anybody, I'll, I'll give up to four times uh, back to them what they deserve. And what, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, when you get loose of money controlling your life, then you're truly walking in the kingdom of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? When you get loose of this idea that money is the all, all, the all be all in everything, then you're going to be loose from the uh, bondage of wealth, of thinking that that's the way to do it. You know, God's kingdom and his, praise God. What's going on in uh, I keep hearing something here. God's financial plan for wealth is in Malachi. God's financial plan for wealth is in Malachi. Let's look at Malachi for a second. And Malachi is really powerful. And some could say, well, that's Old Testament, Pastor. It's, it's, it, Malachi talks about tithing. Well, let's read this. In Malachi 3, 6, and 12. It starts off in verse 6. It says, for I am the Lord, I do not change. So, so right there, God doesn't change. God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And how God thinks about money yesterday is how he thinks about it today. How God thinks about us giving yesterday, I'm talking even in Old Testament, is how he thinks about it today. God doesn't change. It says, therefore, do, it says there, therefore you are not consumed, O sons of Jacob, yet from the days of your fathers you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. So, so what, what, what Malachi was raised up to do, listen to what I'm saying, I don't unhook from me today, that, that he was raised up to, to bring correction to the priest and the people of God. And what they did, they, they were backslidden in their walk, and they, were, they weren't doing what was right with giving God the, their very best. And here it says, return to me and I'll return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, in what way shall we return? And then, then he says, well, a man robbed God, yet you have robbed me. But how have you? What have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. So, so, so what he was saying here, he was saying here that, that in a sense, when we're not giving into the kingdom of God, in a sense, we're robbing God of what God wants to do in this earth realm. In other words, one less dollar in the plate is one less soul that can be saved. I'm preaching today. One less dollar in the plate is one less uh, person that we can disciple. Or, and I'm talking to somebody today. And he says here, 
but you say, uh, uh, it says here, will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me, but you have said, what, how have we robbed you in tithes and offerings? And he says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Now, I know that we're New Testament believers, but, but, but we can be cursed with the, uh, that if we're not giving, we're cursed in a sense that we're, we're, we're cursing ourselves from God abling to open the windows of heaven and pour out the blessing to us. In other words, we're keeping heaven locked up by our disobedience. Amen. I'm preaching to somebody today. So disobedience can lock up the blessings of God in our life. Can I get a witness today? He says, bring all the tithes to the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now, as it says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, pour you out blessings. There will not be room enough to receive. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so he will not destroy the fruit of the ground nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts, and all the nations will call you blessed. So, so in a sense, we can curse ourselves but by not getting into the program of giving into the kingdom of God. Amen? Let me give you three keys to breaking financial bondage. Number one, return to the first. Return the first. In other words, give God your first. And, and when the finances come in, make sure God's at the top of the list. Amen. Uh, we, need, we need to do that. In Deuteronomy 14, 22, it says, You shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. I'm going to say this. You're never going to tithe if you do it on the back end. I'm preaching today. If you wait until you pay all your bills and say, let me see what I have left to give God, you aren't going to ever tithe. But if you, if you put God first, the first thing that God, then God will make everything else last. But what a lot of us are trying to do is we're trying to do it at the end. And, and you know, amen. No, no, no. You got to put God first and then God will start supernaturally doing things, opening doors, grace. I mean, I could give you I could give you examples of how God has blessed me and Yin and through our tithing and just just blessings left and right. And uh, and I'm telling you, just really even big paydays. Not that, you know, I was trying to believe God for it, but God will just just tremendously bless us. Even the house that I'm in, you know, I, I, I paid a lot less for it than what's worth today. It's worth, it's worth almost three times more than what I paid for it. My house that I'm in. Three times more. God got me into that house. God got me that house. Amen. It was a miracle. But God is amazing. God can do the supernatural in the natural. You believe that today? So return God the first. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says it this way. Honor the Lord with your possession and with the first fruits of all your increase, so your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. So, so he's saying here that tithing is really, you know, you could say, well, that's under the law, we're under grace. And if you're under grace, you should be given more than 10. Okay, I'm preaching today. If you're a grace giver, amen. But tithing wasn't just under the law. Abraham did it before the law. And we know that, 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 Cain, that Abel did it way before the law because Abel gave the first, first of his flock and the fat portions thereof. And remember that Cain killed Abel over that offering. So it all started back there. It really started all the way back in the garden because the tree of the knowledge of, of good and evil that God said don't touch, that was, that was the tithe tree. That belonged to God. But man touched it, Amen. 
and, got, and, and, and the curse came in. So we don't want to touch the tithe. We want to make sure that God touches the tithe. And when he does, he blesses us. Number two, we need to steward the rest. Make a budget and stick with it. This helps you not to live above your means in debt. How many people run off a budget? Amen. We got three of you. And I'm going to say this, that you got to run on a budget. Amen. You need, a, you need to write down what goes in and what goes out. And, and it says in Proverbs 21.5, The plans of the diligent lead surety to plenty, but those are of everyone who is hasty, surety to poverty. So, so you write down everything that goes out. And then if you got that budget set in place and you run on that budget, then you should not have a, definite, a deficit at the end of the month. Proverbs 27, 23, I, I like even what Linda, Linda believes God for a lot of stuff. And, and, and God is supernaturally, get, you know, is opening doors of food coming in uh, to her life, doing a lot of different things. And God can do the same thing for us. Do you believe that today? Amen. In Proverbs 27, 20, uh, 27, 23, it says, Be diligent to know the state of your flocks and attend to your herds. Glory to God. In other words, one famous person said it this way. I don't know if they were famous. Watch your pennies and your dollars will take care of themselves. Watch your pennies and the dollars will take care of themselves. Number three, focus on true riches. Uh, you know, true riches. In Luke 12, 16, 21, it says that he spoke a parable to them saying, The ground of a certain rich man yielded plentiful, and he thought within himself saying, What shall I do since I have no room to store my crops? So he said, I'll do this. I'll pull down my barns, build greater. There I will store my crops and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, you have many goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, fool, the night your soul will be required of you. Then, who's, who's, then those, whose will those things be which you have provided? So is he who lays up treasures for himself and is not rich towards God. So this Jesus, he's talking about this. He's saying there's a lot of people... That, that they, they hoard their money and they don't, they don't use it for the propagation of the gospel. And then there's going to be a day that you're going to be given an account of what you did with the finances that God puts into your hands. And I don't want to give an account and say, I didn't do nothing. With, I, I, I buried it and, and buried it in the ground. And I, you know, like the talent, the, you know, the, 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 the people with the three talent or the, the five talent guy, two talent guy, and one talent guy. One talent guy buried it. Amen. Why? Because he was in fear. And fear, you got to get the fear out. Because fear will keep you from giving into the kingdom. You got to get the fear out. You just got to just do it. Glory to God. As the Nike commercial says, just do it. So Matthew 6.33, back to Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I like what it says in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 and 8. It says, but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. You might be saying, Pastor, I don't have a lot. Well, are you sowing sparingly? Mm, I'm preaching today. I'm preaching. He said, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully. So, so this is the Apostle Paul. This is New Testament. He says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves a fearful, I'm sorry, a, a, a cheerful giver. God doesn't love a fearful giver. He loves a cheerful giver. Amen. And so we need to get into the program that, that if you're called into the kingdom of God, you're called to give. 
We're called to give our lives. We're called to give our lives and lay it down for the kingdom of God. Your stuff is not just yours alone. You're, you are in a relationship with God Almighty. And what you have belongs to Him. But what He has belongs to you. I would say again. We should always be ready to give when God tells us to give. Amen. And when we do, we're going to be blessed, blessed, blessed. Did you receive it this morning? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you that you're bringing us out of the bondage of, uh, of finances, that you're bringing us into a place where we don't have to worry about our money, that we don't have to worry about, about uh, uh, money coming in, but we can trust you and believe that you can bring it in, Father God, that you can open the doors, that you can open the windows of heaven, that you can pour the blessings out. And Father, I believe in you, Father God, that, 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 that the people here... I know there's generous people already in the church. This church is a generous church. We have generous givers in this church, and we thank God for it. But for those that might not be giving like they need to, Father, I just ask that you move on their hearts, and Father God, that they would take that step of faith so that they could be under the blessings of heaven. Father, I thank you for every person here and those watching online, and really the greatest riches that you can receive is salvation from God Almighty. That is really the greatest wealth, is to have your sins forgiven, to have a right standing with God, and to have a home in heaven. And so if that's you today, and you have not laid down your life, the Bible says today is a day of salvation. You may not have another chance. I want to invite you, if you're watching or listening, to pray this simple prayer, and we believe you're going to get born again. Just say this after me and mean your heart. Say, dear God, I believe, Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.